of Deep Dive with my guest today, Colin Sabi. He uh, did a, a few years in the Army, a couple deployments overseas, and now he's a student veteran here at Syracuse University with me. And I'll turn the mic over to him so he could uh, tell a little bit of his background, what he did in the Army, and exactly how he got to Syracuse. Yeah, hey, uh, everyone. My, my name's Colin Sabi. I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, in 2011, I enlisted in the Army, and uh, I enlisted as a, an unmanned aircraft system maintainer. So I bent a lot of wrenches on UAVs, did scheduled maintenance, unscheduled maintenance. Uh, like Rudy said, I went on two deployments. I went, uh, my first one was to Afghanistan, and then my second one was to Iraq for Operation Inherent Resolve. Uh, I got out of the Army in 2017, and I decided that I wanted to uh, study mechanical engineering. So I went back to the Midwest uh, to University of North Dakota, got my degree there, and after kind of looking around for grad schools, I saw that Syracuse University had a good program. I applied, I got in, and then uh, moved out here with my wife and uh, just completed my first year in May. Right on. So that's pretty cool. The whole time in the army, and um, but this podcast more about benefits for veterans getting out, what they should do, and how to prepare. Because there's a lot of benefits out there that a lot of veterans just don't know about. Because um, not to blame the military at all, but we don't have the best advice getting now on what to do, which is I totally understand because they want to keep us in. When, at what point in the military did you decide you're getting out? Oh, man, it was probably a few months into Iraq. Iraq was a much harder deployment for us because we were on like a very, very remote base. Uh, we got quite a bit of fire. It, it was just a rough deployment. And it, it, it just told me, like, I, I don't want to do this for 20 years. You know, I, I didn't want to, you know, go for my 20, get the retirement, the pension, all that fun stuff. I thought, well, you know, it's, I have the GI Bill. It's, it's time to go back. I'd been thinking about going for a few things, but then funnily enough, working on UAVs and drones and doing the maintenance and all that stuff. I can't tell you how many times I just cursed at it. Oh, you know, why is this designed the way that it is? And then started thinking about, well, why is it designed the way that it is? And well, you know, some of this stuff seems really dumb and counterintuitive. I thought maybe I can you know, study something mechanical engineering and uh, go for that and see if I can't design something better. And well, that was that, that's when I decided to get out and go for mechanical engineering. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, so at a point, yeah, you know, I, I definitely decided to get out. What steps did you do and how long prior to your actual separation date did you prepare to separate? Uh, I started the process about a year prior. I think it was about February or March of 2016 is when I started. And I started by going to the VA site. I had to create an account, I think, um, to switch over from the Montgomery GI Bill to the post 9-11 GI Bill. And it was a bit of a process. I don't remember it because it was kind of like going through a maze. There were a lot of different forms I had to take. One of my buddies, he had to kind of help me through it and walk me through it because he had done it a few days prior. Um, but that was, that was the first thing I did to get out or for the process of getting out. So you started your events and just to, uh, to separate, at what point did you decide, like, I want to go to North Dakota state? 
Uh, it was actually around that same time that I decided I was getting out because before I joined, I had attended the University of North Dakota. I, when I first went after high school, I didn't really care too much about school. I, I was admittedly I was burnt out on it. I, I was just done, and I, I wasn't getting the grades that I should have been getting, and it wasn't worth it for me. I felt like I was spinning my wheels, so. Because I had been a student there, I reached out to an admissions person and asked them what it'd be like for me going back to school. And they essentially told me in one or two emails, like, you're good to come back whenever. And I was set up. So just the fact that I didn't have to go through a lot of paperwork, that made it very easy. And it helps that it was a lot closer to home and I was familiar with the area. And I still had a few, a few friends in, in the area, too. So you didn't have to do a traditional, like, applying by a certain date? No, not for this one, but I think this is kind of a unique case because I had already applied there uh, from you know, six, seven years ago. Oh, okay. That is pretty It's pretty cool that they were able to do that. But, you know, for a traditional person went to high school, like for me, um, you definitely, definitely have to look at dates and when you should apply by. And uh, Syri- a lot of schools like Syracuse University has a pretty cool process where if you're a veteran, you have a whole different application routes. Which makes sense because you know we're not sure from high school. We don't. We can just go on an application and ask for like high school uh, transcript. That's pretty hard to get. You know, yeah, you're five yeah. years removed. So if you're transitioning out, you should definitely look for a year in advance. And when you, when the application date is for whatever college you want to go to, and look at those hard deadlines and reach out like the way you did, Colin. Reach out to whoever at the school. Hopefully, they have a. Most schools have a veteran community veteran um advisor and they should be able to answer any questions you have as far as application fees a lot of fees are probably waived because you're a veteran like it was for me here there's a 500 dollar commitment fee syracuse it's completely waived for me yeah and uh, so just fyi so going back to you um is there anything part of the process for separation that you wish you would did differently oh um the separation process itself, it was, it was pretty straightforward. Um, I would say of things I wish I would have done differently. I wish I would have prepared a little bit more for school because, I mean, mechanical engineering is a very challenging subject. I mean, nearly everything you study in, in going back to college is going to be challenging in one way or another. Um, but I found myself taking courses, uh, you know, some calculus-based courses, which I had taken uh, towards last couple of years of high school and I, I was very, very rusty. Like math is absolutely a perishable skill. I wish I would have brushed up on that because my first semester back, I took a, uh, physics one, which was a cal- the calculus based physics course at university of North Dakota. And that was one of the hardest courses I had ever taken because I was trying to remember calculus and apply it to new physics concepts and trying to do that when I didn't understand half the calculus terms. So I wish that with that, I would have taken at least a few months before I started courses to kind of brush up on stuff. Um, as far as the general process of getting out though, I, um, not for the, not for the army, not for the administrative end of things. No, that, that went relatively smoothly actually. Well, just go uh, backtrack a little bit for how you had trouble transitioning to being a student a little bit. I think it's very common. A lot of veterans have that issue. And I didn't know this when I was transitioning out, but there's a program called the Warrior Scholar Project. 
And this is a two-week crash course of how to transition to student mentality again. And it seems pretty cool because they pay for everything. All you have to do is get there. So Syracuse University has one. I know Arizona has one. And you should, if you're a transitioning uh, service member, you should definitely look into this because it really show you how to get back in the groove of studying again, what topics to look out for, and uh, just know like, oh, this is math, not strong, so I'm gonna have to go tutoring this semester. So just plan accordingly. And um, as far as going back a little bit to separation, as far as like uh, seeing doctors to try to get stuff on your medical paperwork. You wouldn't want to do, go back and get more of that. Unless oh, that. oh, oh, yeah. It's, I misunderstood. No, as as far as that, um, yeah. Actually, thinking about it, I missed that entirely. No, if um, if you're looking at getting out in a few months or a year, like you know, you're not going to be reenlisting or, or staying in. Go and get every single one of your medical problems documented, and I don't. Doesn't matter if you got to go to sick call. Doesn't matter if you just got to schedule an appointment with your primary care provider. If you think that there is something that hurts, if you think that, you know, you've seen something on a deployment that might give you problems in the future, go and get it documented because that becomes very important for getting disability benefits in the future. And there are some things where I wish I would have gotten more documentation for it while I was in, while it's still easy to do because then that would have made VA claims easier and I could have filed them sooner and been getting more, you know, a nicer disability check, uh, VA disability check, like much earlier than I did. I think that's very important of uh, seeing the doc while you're in because as service members, we, depending on the type of community you're in, people really like look down on you if you go ask for help. If oh, you're yeah. sick. Yeah. If you're hurt, if your feelings are hurt, or you have a, I don't know, a tragic event that happened that kind of scarred you, but people always tell you to man up or, you know, buck up, whatever. And, you know, to be honest, if you're transitioning out of the military, the odds are you've seen all those people again are probably pretty slim. You need to do what's best for you and your future because if I would have, like Colin said, did all that in the military, I for sure, I mean, not for sure, but the odds are I would have my grad school already paid for, like on the line to get paid for, the way Colin's grad school is paid for right now. And as events that I learned the hard way that I wish I would have learned or someone would have told me to do while I was in. And if people make fun of you for a little bit, whatever, they'll get over it. You'll get over it. You might have to work on back in a little bit extra that week, but it's fine. It's to be totally worth it in the long run. Just go get checked. Everything documented as possibly as much as you can. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. It's um, I, I know that, you know, in, in, in the army that, you know, there was, you know, there are all sorts of terms for, it. you know, sick call ranger, someone who's, you know, always broken and getting help for it. Because I think for a lot of for a lot of folks, it's it's a point of pride that, you know, you're always ready and fit for duty because it gets you know hammered into us. That's that's our job. That's that's our calling. That's that's our duty. And that's all well and good while you're in. But once you get out, no amount of clout or pride in your service is going to do things like pay for your mortgage or, you know, pay for your food, pay for your beer money, pay for rent, whatever, whatever the expense is. Um, but if you have problems like medical issues, when you are getting out of the military that are from your service, you can get a disability rating for those, especially if it's stuff that stops you from working or reduces your ability to work, 
um, then you will have that paid for if you file claims and have it documented and go through all the process of that, the whole process of that. So let's say you're out of the military. There's a rule that you have 12 months when you separate that if you claim something, it's not guaranteed, but significantly easier to get approved because they're going to assume it's, it's service related since you're within 12 months out. Once you pass a 12 month uh, threshold, it's significantly harder. And I mean significantly harder to get approved for stuff. I've been waiting on a claim for eight months now, a mental health claim. And it was just, it was just harder because I, we never talked about it in the military, never did anything. And now it's, uh, I'm kind of just in limbo now and I can't move forward with the program I want to get into because of this claim. So do you have any advice on that on the 12 month mark? Yeah. If not everything, not all the problems that you might have, uh, from your time in the service will, you won't be aware of all of them or even necessarily think about all of them the day you get out your first day as a civilian. But there are some things where in the following months, you might have some symptoms, some problems that start to present themselves. And that's when you want to go to the VA, because like you said, that 12 month window, they're just going to assume that that condition is from your service. And that really, really makes it easy for, it makes it much easier for filing claims and getting a better disability rating. And I don't know how many people look at the, um, the schedule, the, the payments for disability, but I mean, you start getting up around 70, 80, 90, hundred percent, it becomes quite a bit of money. And depending on the rating you get, it could even be benefits for your family, not just for you. And it's, it's all stuff that becomes very significant, very important. And a big part, like you're not going to get anywhere with that if you don't document your problems and prove that they're service connected. You said a good thing right now about like, uh, for your family. So when I got my first 10% of disability, which is pretty much all I have right now, because I waited after 12 month mark, uh, because I thought I was like, nah, I'm too good. I'm too strong. I don't need to do any of that stuff. I'm healthy. And now looking back, like, wow, I shouldn't have not have thought that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, anyway, so I got my 10%. I'm from the state of California. And I got a letter from the VA in California that says, uh, since you had, since you're granted this 10% disability, your kids tuition will be paid for long in the state of California. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's insane. Like I don't have kids, but like in the future, when I do have any, if I, if I do, um, that's pretty insane. Cause not only the military pay for my education or is currently paying for it, they indirectly are also going to pay for my kids tuition. That's so awesome. it's like I hit the lottery yeah. during the military. Yeah. So guys like. Ladies and gentlemen, do just do it. Like, not for you. Just think about your future kids. I'm not saying every state has that program, but I have no idea California did that. And I so who knows that whatever state you're from has a program similar to that. Well, another thing, even um, you know, for single and married soldiers too, a big expense these days is healthcare. And um, last I last I remember, once uh, from your discharge discharge date, you get five years of VA healthcare. But after that, it goes away. If you are rated at 30% or above, and as long as you're rated at 30%, you qualify for VA healthcare. So if you're, if you get a 30% rating and stay there, you would have VA healthcare for yourself for the rest of your life. Now, 
I, I know people can say different things about the quality of VA care. That's another discussion for another time. But the fact of the matter is you can get good health care for the rest of your life if you are rated for it. And again, that kind of goes back to making sure you document your conditions because these are things that, you know, these benefits will can stay with you for the rest of your life. So I want to touch on that. Um, just to clarify a little bit, if you add that threshold of 30%, it'll be free, your VA. You'll have no copay. But if you're under 30%, like the way I was when I first got out, I still got approved for VA healthcare. It just, I had a like 10 to $15 copay every time I went, which is not much if you, in the long run of it. So I know when I was transitioning, uh, TAPS told us that, like, that 30%, like you need to get uh, VA healthcare. They're telling you like half the truth. You can get VA healthcare if you have less than 30%. You just have to pay a copay. And guys, like I, I broke my leg like relatively soon after getting out, and I had two surgeries on VA healthcare, one in uh, Fresno, California, and one in San Francisco, California. And guys, I totally recommend VA healthcare. You mean the copay you pay is nothing compared to. Like if you went and bought insurance on out on town all yourself, I mean you could be with your parents' insurance for a little bit, but if you do, if you are in this one time, the odds are you're probably too old already for that. So I definitely look into VA healthcare, regardless of your um, your disability rating when you get out, because you never know. I never thought I'd break my leg before, and it happened. So guys, just definitely look into it. Yeah, no, it's uh, VA healthcare is it's. Um having that especially if you have the like a disability rating for it that's it's a big expense it, it's just nice knowing it, it it provides a lot of security and i would assume that a lot of the guys looking out you know looking at getting out um that would need health care they're probably going to be going back to school because i don't think officers with degrees would be as concerned about this um you know they'd probably go more into a career than than someone who was enlisted was um, and when you're in school, uh, you know, you have to pay rent and you don't just have to pay rent when you're getting the GI bill benefits and the BAH for that, you have, you're going to have to pay rent year round. And that's where having something like a VA disability rating, you're still going to get that, the checks for that, the payments for that, even when you're not in school. So it's, I would, I wish I would have looked into my ratings and conditions sooner. I also think having VA insurance makes your rating process a little easier because you're going straight to the VA doctor already and everything a VA doctor puts, it's on uh, a website called My Healthy Vets. And so you can literally see everything that they write. And you, when you submit claims, that's your proof. You don't have to go call a doctor for like a note. Everything's online. Just download it, send it as part of your proof for your claim. So I definitely recommend it. If anything else, just for that. And then... Um, so just to uh, touch on Colin said, like you're gonna have to pay rent year round. You only get uh, GI Bill like benefits while you're in school. So when December comes and your Christmas time, it's maybe your time your family, you're still gonna have to pay rent, but you're not gonna get the monthly BAH for your for while you're in school. And then uh, so the process of getting out, let's say you get out in the summer and you don't start school for like three months in the fall. I just want to say, don't be afraid or nervous what your people in the military would think if you get unemployment. If you need that transitioning of two, three months till school starts, just do it. I know a lot of parents have done it, 
and they're glad they did. It extremely helped. I know a lot of friends that did not do it, and they totally regret it. Because those two, three months, you spent a lot of money, and it's hard to get a job in two, two three months because if you go and tell an employer, like, I just want to work for three months till school starts, and I get, like, a work study at school or something, a lot of employers are not going to want to hire you for a couple of months because they got a training for a month, and that means they only have two months with you, and then they got to train another person. So that's that weird limbo period. If you need it, just do it, guys. It it will help you in the long run. Yeah, no, I mean, the money is there for a reason. Um, I did not wind up applying for it, but I also, uh, even when I was on terminal leave, I had uh, started my classes at University of North Dakota, so I had I'd gotten out and was back in. So I didn't I didn't need to apply for it. I think um, the rules vary from state to state, but with with anything, I, I have become a, a huge proponent of people taking whatever money is available through all sorts of programs. Because I mean, there's school specific programs, state specific programs, VA programs, all sorts of stuff out there. A lot of people have money for veterans, and it's um, it's 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 important to take it because you're going to have expenses. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you have any advice on how someone can maximize a GI bill? Cause I feel like I, when I started off, I did it kind of a dumb way where I only took 12 credits as a full-time student. So I took 12. I was like, Oh, that's fine. I'm going to take 12. And then I realized now that I'm going to be a semester or two short of my GI bill before I graduate my undergrad. And I was talking to other guys, and they're, oh, man, they're, they're, your eyeballs don't last for up to, like, max a year, I've heard, for the grad school. And I noticed the difference was they said, I mean, they took 15 to 18 credits per semester. Why? I took 12 to 14 my first year and a half. Yeah. So do you have anything about yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would definitely suggest, um, I would suggest a couple things with it. The first is... Depending on how much time you have, I would uh, look into what online courses you could take for general ed, because the more gen ed courses that you knock out for any program, I mean, like things like English and humanities and a lot of other things that almost no matter where you go to school for nearly any four year program, they're going to require some pro they're going to require courses like that. So while you're in, if you can get your tuition paid for by, uh, you know, whatever, branch of service you're in, do that, you can get that, and you won't have as many credits to take out. But then, um, like you were saying, um, don't just take 12 credits because that's full time. You can take 15, 18 credits. It might mean that you're more busy, but it also means that you're going to complete your program faster and you're going to be able to get to work sooner. And uh, one thing for me and my uh, program is because a lot, there are a lot of prerequisites uh, for different courses in a mechanical engineering curriculum because I did not meticulously plan it out with my advisor from day one. I wound up getting delayed by about a year because there's some courses that are only offered in the spring, some that are only offered in the fall. And it's really, really important to like when you get closer to starting school to plan it out and make sure that you have essentially a roadmap for your degree so that you can complete it in you know as short a time as you can really realistically manage because if you complete your undergrad at a faster time pace you could directly use your gi bill for your grad school 
So it is a lot of benefits in taking the higher echelon of credits per semester. Um, when you look at uh, for like um, undergrad, you think veterans should look for military friendly schools? I think so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of resources around there. I think one of the biggest thing is just having an office and a place to go where you can ask someone or email them or call them about questions about your educational benefits because there are a lot of forms that have to be filed, some school specific, some for the VA. Um, and it's really, really nice when you don't have to try and wade through a bunch of regulations and laws when you don't have to try and figure it out for yourself. Um, I think Syracuse is a definitely a very veteran friendly school. I think University of North Dakota is a very veteran-friendly school. I don't know if all schools have uh, like a veterans office to help veterans with their benefits and sort their educational benefits, but I would definitely look and um, see what you can find about a school and their veteran programs before uh, getting too invested in it or writing it off. Yeah, I think, uh, so I personally think veterans should look for military-related schools because just for example, at Syracuse University, we have a very, very nice uh, veteran building. It was like $70 million, brand new. And there's a lounge in there. We could just chill, talk, eat during lunchtime, whatever. It's open late hours of night. I could go in there at 9 o'clock at night, study. And then you also have a study room where it's law quieter, printer, free, free for us, everything. And I think these are benefits that make our transition a lot easier because sometimes I go into the student center here and it is a totally different atmosphere. Like I want to go and study or talk with people who are a couple years older than the traditional student. And we could just talk about like benefits and stuff or, you know, to the bar and drink. And while going to the student center, the conversation is just a little different. And so I think uh, just even just having a veteran lounge would be beneficial. So just definitely do your research and looking for military friendly schools. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think having a veteran lounge at that that can be a great resource. It's a it's a good way to to meet people that are going to have a lot of similar experiences to you, kind of being at a at a similar place in life. And um, I mean, because when I went back to school, I was twenty six, and a lot of the folks I was in school with were, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. And I got along with them well. It's just that when it came down to talking about life experiences and kind of mindset when dealing with, uh, you know, problems or, you know, just uh, how how we look at life and, and approach some things, it's very different. Not that um, folks attending school uh, in more of a traditional way, um, like there's anything wrong with that. Clearly there isn't. Um, it, 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 it can just be nice to talk about it with other veterans who are going to be looking at it from a similar, you know, similar perspective. Yeah, I definitely want to say this on that point. I was like, I'm not saying don't make friends with traditional students. Definitely do that because I think when you join the military, you have to have a certain mindset. It's like something had to click in their eyes. Game on. Gotta go do this, whether you deploy it or whatever you did. When you come to the college setting, you have to have a different mindset. You have to embrace the college world again like you can't just go and like i am better than you. i deploy twice i am better than you i'm stronger than you whatever no just be cool to everybody talk to everybody and just network and because you never know like i was talking to someone in math class he ended up tutoring the whole for the next two semesters and uh, my 
consecutive math classes. So you never know. Just embrace your environment and good things will probably happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, just working with uh, traditional students, students from a traditional background, I think that's really important because you can you don't really need to while you're in school. But once you get out and start a job, there's almost no way that you're going to be working with exclusively veterans. You're going to be working with people from a lot of different backgrounds. And the sooner you start to learn how to, well, not learn how to, that's a, that's a poor way to put it, but the more experience you have working with people from different backgrounds, different experience levels, the better it's going to be. And it's going to help you more as well, because there's a lot of stuff you can learn from everyone. I will say this too. If you choose a military friendly school, a lot of times they have, uh, like here at Syracuse University, there's a whole team for uh, student veterans where they handle like any, uh, financial aid issues, any, uh, paperwork issues for BH and payments and whatnot. And they also have a whole uh, sector for us to, those who go straight to the job uh, field after we graduate from undergrad, there's someone there to help us with our resume. There's someone there to help us with finding jobs. And uh, they also have a ton of scholarships for us. So I don't know if you go to a non-military friendly college where there would be that much help and financial aid and resources for you, but I know like schools like Syracuse University does, and that extremely that is extremely beneficial. Like I said earlier, I'm gonna miss like a semester worth, semester maybe two semesters of my GI Bill from undergrad if I don't get into this other program. Um, and I spoke to a gentleman there, and he told me, "Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. If only one or two, the odds are we would just cover for you, which is a lot because tuition at Syracuse University is like thirty grand a semester. A semester, that's a lot." So I was like, kind of scared that I have to pay out of pocket or get a loan out. And they, one of the guys spoke to like softly told me like, don't worry about it. We could probably figure it out. It happens quite often. So just looking, that's a factor to look into when picking schools and transitioning out of the military. And then speaking of the other program that you're in, formerly knows Volk Rehab, but they changed the name to something else. I'll let you talk about more about it. Uh, I think it's chapter 31. I'm, I'm terrible with the terms. Um, but vocational rehab or whatever the, whatever it's going by these days, it's a great program. I, it's something, uh, it, it's essentially a jobs and education program for disabled veterans and that disabled veteran that, that could be as, as low as, uh, 10% depending on, um, what conditions you're rated for. Um, it's really, I would say like an enhanced version of the GI bill. And it also has a lot of resources for developing your resume and helping you find a job where you are satisfied with your level of employment. So there are a lot of reasons that I think that people who qualify for voc rehab should go for voc rehab and University of North Dakota, which is where I found out about it. It's also a big aviation school. The GI Bill, it will cover fees for flight hours, but it only covers the absolute minimum required for a program. Now, just because not everything can happen right away, um, a lot of students that are not on voc rehab wind up having to pay out of pocket for additional flight hours, which they need to complete their courses and um, their program and all that stuff. But voc rehab covers as many educational expenses as you need. Another perfect example, I had an old laptop that was not good at running uh, some of the AutoCAD programs I need. 
for my program. But I reached out to my voc rehab counselor and she helped me get a brand new, very, very good laptop that I would have not have been able to afford myself. And I have that for the program. And there's all sorts of other benefits like that. And it's not just for you. You also get it for, um, you can get it for trade schools. Like if you want to go for welding, it'll cover all the welding supplies you need for it. It's, it's a great, truly wonderful program that if you are, if you need education to get employment that you want, look into Voc Rehab and apply for it. Yeah. So what it means by that, I think is like, so the GI Bill will cover your undergrad for the most part, if not everything. And then if you need more, like you want to be a physical therapist like I do, and I qualify for Voc Rehab, this, I need more education to get that career. I will cover that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not strictly like, it's not GI Bill, it's strictly for school. You need to like prove to like a counselor, right? That you need this extra training, extra education yeah. for your end goal of physical therapy or for you engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, a, a per, another good example of that is the fact that I'm at Syracuse University pursuing my master's in mechanical and aerospace engineering, but I'm still on voc rehab. Not only does it give you more time in terms of benefits, but if you can't find employment and Grand Forks, North Dakota is not a large city. And um, when I was close to graduation, I sent out a few applications for open positions and didn't hear back. I talked with my counselor and asked if uh, she if she thought that they would approve um, if she thought she would approve uh, grad school. And she said yes. So um, wound up getting out here and still getting paid for because I was not able to find employment uh, as a mechanical engineer in Grand Forks. So uh, I still had to pay out of pocket to move, but the fact of the matter is that I got into a very good engineering school out here and uh, 30000 a year, uh, that's getting paid for uh, by Voc Rehab. I also paid for my parking permit. It, it, they will pay for all sorts of stuff. It's just, you gotta ask. You gotta, you gotta apply for it and you gotta ask, but it's, it's absolutely worth doing. If I, I am firmly of the opinion that anyone who qualifies for voc rehab should, should apply for it if they need the benefits. The parking pass you was talking about costs like $900 as well. It's yep. like on campus and it's completely free for him with this program. I just got the name. It is chapter 31. You're right. And it is now called vocational rehabilitation and employment. Uh, yeah. VRNE. That sounds VRNE. right. Yep. Yep. So guys, definitely look into it. That's my goal to try to get it. And this is what we talked about earlier in this show where you need to get disability first to get into it. If there's a minimum, it says 10%, but I have yet to meet anybody who got it with 10%. So that's why I'm waiting for more to come in. And so it is vital that while you still have plenty of time in your GI Bill, to put in those claims and do the work. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to take a day. It's not going to take a month, but eventually you will get it and it could lead to potentially paying all the way for all education to whatever you want to be in life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's invaluable. I mean, all the benefits that are out there, the voc rehab is great. And another thing too, if you decide to apply for vocational rehab is it's framed as for veterans whose disability hinders them in their, um, when they are trying to find employment. So like, let's say, well, tinnitus is one thing I'm rated for because I've been around a lot of loud stuff and deployments and just in general, and I'm sure 
lot of the veterans listening to this have also been around a lot of loud things. And let's say that, you know, tinnitus makes it so that you have trouble focusing in class or that you have difficulty performing a lot of tasks. That could be something where you can talk to you if you don't have anything else. You could talk to your voc rehab counselor and say, hey, I've been rated for tinnitus. It's service connected. You know, I get the VA disability for it. It's really making it hard for me to study. Try to phrase things like if you decide to go this route, try to phrase things in ways where it highlights, it kind of incorporates the purpose of the program with your unique situation. GI Bill's great. It's fantastic. But if you do want to go for long education, definitely look into this program, Chapter 31. And I think you'll be fine if you get into it. It'll be very beneficial. And, you know, just going in the whole, like, benefits thing, right away, the first 12 months of getting out, just do it. Don't be too proud. Just do it. My buddy of mine, he was uh, he was stationed in uh, Groton, Connecticut. He was a submariner like me. And he, I told him, dude, just do it, man. They put in the benefits. He was like, no, 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 I don't need to do that. And then uh, I was like, all right, man, if you have any questions, let me know. Six months later, he was like, he called me. He was like, all right, let's can you give me more information. He ended up getting a $13,000 back pay because they back pay from the day he separated. And he, now he gets 1500 bucks a month because he has 70% disability. And it is so beneficial for him while he's in college right now because he doesn't need to work. He has full, all his attention could be fully on academics, guys. It is so valuable just to put, put in the claims. And, um, you know, who cares what anybody in the military thinks? That part of your chapter is gone, whether you like it or not. It's time to move on to the next chapter of your life. Absolutely. I'd say that anyone, you know, there might be people that give you crap for it, but when you when you are out and at school and... Uh, you have to start writing checks for rent and all the other fun expenses that come up. None of the people who, uh, none of the people talking crap about you are going to be writing those checks for you. It's going to be coming from your account. And if you have disabilities and have filed for them and are rated for them, I mean, you get that money. It's it's tax free, and it's not treated as income by the IRS or anyone. It is. It's an incredible resource to have if if you qualify for it and go for it. It is. I mean, for me, initially I was rated at 10%, and then after about a year, I put in for another one, and then my rating got bumped up to 60%, and I didn't have to work part-time to make ends meet, because BAH is, is very good, it's nice, it will help you, but when you have to pay for gas, you have to pay for insurance, you have to pay for food, you have to pay for rent, all the other things on top of it, the money goes quick. The money goes really quick and anything else you can get coming in, especially when you're not working full time, will really, really help. And it makes it so you can focus on school, family, on things that are more important. Yeah. And then also in regards to school, uh, if you do have a disability and get a monthly income, even if it's not 1500, say it's 1000, 500, whatever it is, it's definitely helped because between that and GI Bill, if you can make it where you don't have to work over the summer and just could do internships for free, just but even though it's free, it will help you in the long run. Hopefully, you get a job once you graduate. You don't have to worry, oh man, I have to get a, a job over the summer doing like work study at school because which will not lead to a job when you get out. So, there are a lot of benefits. Like my buddy of mine who goes to Syracuse University as well, he has internships in uh, New York City. 
He's not. He doesn't have to worry about a job. He doesn't want to make sure it's a paid internship. He's doing what he loves for free. But in a couple of years, it could definitely to a job in New York City. So there's a lot of benefits, guys. Just definitely don't be afraid. Look into it. Reach out to whoever you need to reach out. Look out. Reach out to people who left the military a couple years before you, and so you could pick their brain. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's. That, there are a lot of benefits out there. I, I can't say this enough. There are a lot of benefits that are made available to veterans from all sorts of sources. And it's, I think it is very, very important for veterans to pursue as many of those as they can because it's, it's only there to help you. Yeah, so we talked about uh, transitioning a year before. Roughly, that should be the mark. I think that's when I yeah. started looking at too, like, Year before is when I definitely like got serious. Like I need to see like if I need to take the SATs again. If I need to, uh, because I got out in twenty nineteen, and so I was like just looking, uh, whatever I had to do. Because it takes time. Just research takes time. Yeah. The, the, the different schools. Where do you want to move to? Are you willing to move to a state that's not your home state? Like looking for apartments. It takes time, and you know the military are not gonna pay for your moving expenses to another to like multiple states. And like they're just sending your stuff home to home a record, and that's it. I think yeah, it's on you to figure out like are you gonna drive there, fly there, and it's just a whole it's a whole process. But definitely have a plan when you get out. Don't get out and like, I'll figure it out later. Don't be that guy. That's it's not something where you can shoot from. I mean, some people might be able to, but it's gonna go a lot better. You're gonna have have a whole lot less heartache, a lot less headaches if uh, if you have a plan and at least have some idea of what you're doing. But the the more you plan, the more you research, the the smoother it's gonna go. Uh, something I thought about and I think would be beneficial, leave the military debt-free as much as you possibly can because not having a car payment right now is so helpful. If you, if you get out, you own like tens of thousands of dollars in debt and you don't have a job when you get out, it's, it's not hard to pay that monthly, the monthly loan. I guess if you have a car payment, that's pretty normal, but... If you have credit card debt while you're gonna pay it off, try to get out of no debt and try to have a savings just but uh, to help you for a couple months when you get out. Yep, absolutely. Um, because I've I've heard of students of student veterans getting out, and they they did not prepare for the gap in between, and they were just hoping like oh, I'm just gonna wait till my GI Bill, I'm gonna be fine, and they weren't fine. Those two months hit hard for them that's a long time if you don't have money coming in. that's a really long time if you don't have money coming in yeah so it's like try your hardest you know instead of going out to drink for, for uh four weekends in a row go two weekends and just save that extra couple hundred bucks do whatever it takes read a couple books and figure out how to save money anything from your time of service that you learned that you benefited from for your student um i, I do think that there are some things that when I was in that did help me in school, like the concept of deadlines. You know, when you have uh, one of your supervisors uh, tell you that something has to be done by a certain time, you have to have uh, inventory done or there's a layout or you have to show up for a formation or, you know, show up to wherever to go to a range. Whatever it is you might be doing, it's on a timeline. It's the same way in school with assignments and papers and exams and stuff. You don't want to be showing up late for exams. You don't want to be... Um, you'll lose points or they might not even take late assignments in general. And that's stuff where I feel like I had a pretty solid handle on it. I didn't really, I haven't really had a whole lot of 
late or missed assignments or classes that I've been late for because that is something that was very much there. There are a lot of things, enough things in the military that are helpful in school, but the military doesn't give you everything you need. There are still things you need beyond it. So it's it's not just a learning experience in as far as the academic sense, but a lot of uh, just learning about how to be a student too that you'll that you'll learn. That is true. A lot of things you learn in the military definitely does help as a student. Specifically, time management, I think, definitely helps. Um, I will say this when you get out, depending on what you did in the military, like I did, me and my buddies did the math. I think we lived under the water for like two years because that's uh, in totality of the five year contract. You know, Colin were here, deployed twice. And you're going to meet people at the Veteran Center, wherever you go, wherever you go to college, that did nothing for four years in the military. People are going to look at you. On the civilian side, this is exactly the same way. Yep. At first, it might get you mad, but just relax. You're not in the military anymore. Get to embrace your new environment and just roll with it. And then, you know, they're going to talk themselves up a little bit. But you know what you did and be proud of it. And it's time to move on. But, uh, you know, don't hold that against anybody. Just we're all part of the same team now. We're all trying to succeed as a student in civilian life and move on to having a great career like Colin like he's already got a soft to hard offer as a nuclear engineer I'm, I'm just waiting on a couple things yeah well I guess reactor operator if we want to split hairs but yeah. hopefully that'll be starting in a few days <laughs> yeah. do you have any comment on that like when you got out did you have like it was kind of bothered you a little bit when people um no it didn't really bother me it was it was just kind of interesting for me to talk with other veterans um like just about one thing like a good buddy of mine from undergrad, he um, he was in the Marines and he was in the presidential helicopter squadron. And it, it's just kind of funny because we were sitting in, you know, sitting in the vet's office there and we had the same benefits and everything. And he stayed in D.C. and got to do all this really cool stuff. And when he was out, he got a picture with then Vice President Biden. And, you know, it, it, it seemed like a pretty good deal. Um, you know, he just had to, you know, make sure that everything looked good. And then it's like, man, I was uh, I was at Fort Drum. Because I was just uh, 10th Mountain for my whole time in. And it's like I went to Afghanistan and I got shot at a little bit. And I went to Iraq and we got shot at a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I got out and it's like, well, we're here and we're in the same office. Like, it, it's just kind of funny how, how that sort of stuff goes. Yeah, it's definitely funny. Like, I was playing some other uh, Navy guys, like, oh, I was in a submarine and stuff. It kind of sucked, but whatever, got through it. I'm like, yeah, man, I was on this carrier, man. This sucked, dude. Uh, we are next or ran out of chips sometimes and like, you know, there was enough Gatorade. I was like, dude, don't even talk to me. I was on a submarine under the water. We had nothing. We had to sh that was two. It was three guys per two beds. And I'm not saying like, I didn't get shot or anything, but like it was not fun at all. And I would take a ship any day of the week. Yeah. Experiences vary. They vary greatly, but it, it's, it's interesting to talk with them. It's, um, the way I look at it, it's it was a different time in my life, and uh, you know, it's they're a veteran just the same as you. Yeah, we're all like you know, trying to be successful in life now, and uh, just you know, try to get what you can from anybody because who knows? They might know. The odds are they had more time uh, to learn the VA process than you did if you had a terrible time in the military. Not a terrible time, but like a harder time. And so I met guys who came out with, and they immediately had like eighty percent because they did all of the appointments where they were in because they had all the time and so they could they can answer a lot of your questions and they could probably walk you step by step 
So definitely take what you can from everybody and, you know, hop over you can and just be cool as much as people as you possibly can. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's, there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of folks out there that understand these processes and systems much better than I do. And, uh, any, anyone that you can talk with about it, they will probably be willing to talk with you. And, uh, they definitely have valuable information about it because it's a lot of these VA benefits, especially when you're in school before you kind of get into your professional life and start getting real regular paychecks. Uh, it, it makes a lot of difference as far as, uh, your quality of life and, and how comfortable you can be in school. Cause having been rated at 10% while I was in school, was in school, and then eventually at 90%, I can tell you there's, <laughs> there's a little bit of a difference between getting like 250 bucks a month and uh, like 2,100 bucks a month. Uh, I want to make one last point. Uh, so when I got out of the military, I had to go to community college for a couple of years because my GPA in high school was not the best or not good enough for Syracuse University for sure. Um, if you have to do that, that's perfectly okay. But so I, I just, I never did any research when I was like, oh, okay, I do 60 credits there and transfer. That is not true. There's plenty of my friends who transfer to Syracuse University after doing one semester. I did that one semester while they're in the Air Force or wherever they were in. So they moved, they transferred here with, you know, 15 credits, 12 credits. I came with 60. And I just pretty much wasted that time because not even all the credits transferred here. So if you do have the community college route, look into the next school you want to go to. And ensure they do not need a certain threshold. If they only need a minimum of like 15 credits, do that and then try to transfer. Because you do not know what exactly was transferred. Because if someone doesn't read the community college syllabus and their school syllabus, if it does not match, they're not accepting that school or that credit. So definitely do your research if you have a good community college route in your next school. Don't wait for the whole two years like I did. Any last advice for anybody transitioning? One last thing, I guess, after this, I can get off my, my soapbox. Um, just speaking to benefits and a lot of stuff, because I, I know at least um, there were a lot of guys that I was in with um, in, in Iraq, and because that's where um, you know we, we had the most active deployment, I would say, as far as amount of uh, fire and stuff we received. Um, if you're getting out, and I don't know for other branches how this goes, but for the at least for the Army, if you're getting out and you've been awarded a combat infantry badge or combat action badge, I would definitely suggest at some point talking with a counselor about it at the VA or the vet center, which is an offshoot of the VA and has been great. I've talked with them about a lot of stuff and some of the issues that I've had pop up over the years. Um, talk with them about it. They can get you help if you're having some symptoms of uh, a lot of things that can result from that. And also uh, maybe talk with the VA about it because that can also be a good rating and all that stuff kind of contributes to getting help for conditions and uh, also making sure that you get uh, the disability rating that, that you deserve if, if you do have those conditions. And then also one last point, if we go to, when you go to college, there's a, it's almost like a LinkedIn for college students called Handshake. Yeah. And that is where Colin got connected with his uh, future employer, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Handshake was great. I saw the posting on there. It was good. Um, no, ha Handshake is really great. University of North Dakota has one. Syracuse University. I'm pretty sure most schools have one. Yeah. Most top, most recognizable schools do have one. Yeah. I, I found the posting for it on there. Um, like a lot of the contact information, what they were looking for. 
It even has stuff where it's built, it's linked to your, to your school account and it can read like your major, what year you are, your GPA and all those stuff like companies that they're looking for, it'll display that and it'll say if you, if it seems like you're a good match or not, you can upload your resume. It's all really, really great stuff for, uh, for finding internships, student work, and eventually a, a career once you graduate. Yeah, definitely. Like LinkedIn's awesome. Handshake is definitely geared only for college students transitioning. And these are not like, you know, little jobs. These are careers that, you know, college is making like pretty respectable, very respectable money pretty soon. So definitely look into it. It's free, worth worth the five minutes making the account, put up all your stuff, just do it. And um, if you have any questions, you know, you can send me a DM on Instagram, Foods the Motive. Or uh, find me on LinkedIn, Raul Rosica. And then I think uh, I'm on LinkedIn as, as Colin Savy. Um, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about uh, benefits or careers, or if you want to talk about engineering stuff, because I'm kind of a nerd for that too. But um, no, I, I, I want to help veterans because it's been, it's been, I, I wish I would have learned this stuff earlier because, like, once I got it, it's been, it, it's really made a, a big, big difference, especially while I've been in school. And I, I want to see that other people that that they get the help too. Maybe uh, a little less strenuous of a process, a little, little less lengthy of a process than mine was. Yeah, I definitely wish I heard a podcast like this or something like this so I could uh, know beforehand. And because, guys, I'm, I've been out for a couple of years already and I'm only at 10%. I've been waiting eight months for, or eight to 12 months already for a mental health claim that you know, could potentially decide if my next of uh, my uh, doctor physical therapy school will be paid for or not. So guys, just definitely do it. And don't be too proud. Uh, look, I know a lot of veterans are, excluding myself. When I first got out, I was like, no, 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 I'm too good. I'm too strong, whatever. Just do it. I, I, I was too. I, I can't, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend like I wasn't. I, I think it was after I got back from Afghanistan, I was talking with uh, some of my buddies about, you know, a few of the people in my company that had gotten out and, you know, saying that they'll, oh, they claim this and that. I thought, well, that's dumb. Why would you claim that? And then now looking at it like, oh, well, <laughs> it's, uh, if it's a problem and then, uh, and you're going to be living with the problem anyways, you might as well get a little bit of, a little bit of money from the VA for it. So I, I can't, I can't blame them. Can't blame them at all. I wish I would have done it earlier myself. Yeah. And guys, I just want to leave off like one of my favorite quotes I've heard be greater than your greatest obstacle, which means like whatever your obstacle is in the military, just be stronger, be tougher, be smarter, outthink it, think of a solution and get past it. The same thing goes for school. If your professor is not the best, whatever school you go to, it's up to you as a student to be better. Read the textbook, don't go off the slides. Uh, you know, put extra time studying. Like for me, for math, I'm not good at math whatsoever. So when I was taking calculus, like I needed a 19 year old that, hey, can you tutor me? And he met with me five days a week on weekends, whatever it took at night. And we made it happen. And I luckily I passed the class and so I touched calculus again. But guys, just make the most of your college career. Embrace the new chapter of your life. The uniform is off. I mean, some people do go back as an officer, and that's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. But, you know, for this time, embrace your new user.